Hey guys. Um, so strange occurrence. I don't really know what happened last week. Um, I was working on my own project and then all of a sudden that Halloween episode got posted and I'm just, I'm confused. But, um, yesterday I found a flash drive outside of my closet with a note taped to it. And I think it was from the goblin. I thought you lost the goblin. No, I thought I did too. But, I mean, I was at yours on Halloween, and that's when the episode went up. So, I guess he snuck back in. I don't know where he got the audio, but... eh? (laughs) Regardless, um, the flash drive had another chunk of that audio i assume the ending of what what the last part was i mean like i think he's in there i haven't wanted to check but the note said uh that he was staying that our outside world is too backwards and horrifying for him um can't say i blame uh, him yeah i guess he was kind of out during uh, election day stuff so it can it can feel like it's a it's a crazy world when you're in america during that and i i fully understand so yeah. we wish you the best uh editing goblin and maybe we'll see you next halloween i don't know who knows well regardless um we all have been having a rough and stressful time this week uh no matter who you are i'm sure but you you know I feel that it would be defeatist to just not put something up, and I have this bit of stuff here. It's kind of weird. Uh, I it's it's funny. Uh, the the uh, the audio from the second half of whatever this two parter was is mostly just ghost lore. So heads up, and also trigger warning because some of it yeah, is, is kind of the, rough. At, yeah, as a person who had to verbally say most of the really, really rough lore, trigger warning for sure on, like, pretty much every subject. <laughs> like, I I can't go through a list off the top of my brain with everything we talked about. Mostly um, just violence and sexual violence. You know, it's, it's yeah, Halloween Yeah, it's mostly stuff. stuff, but, like, pretty much everything in those categories, so... But just a heads up yeah um that's what we got for you this time i guess i just wanted to give you a little heads up before we jumped into the rest of it because it's uh it's a wild ride as for we sure. uh uh lightning round our way through the rest of a plot of 13 ghosts i hope you enjoy because i sure didn't I am so out. fucking lost. No, it's it's fine. They're playing some Lantern Chanter. So they all go to the basement and they decide, all right, Scraggy and Maggie are going to go together. And then Kathy and her dad, Arthur, are going to go together. And they're going to split up because that's always a great idea, right? Yeah. Um, no. And Scraggy should have known that because, I mean, he was going to play Shaggy in a couple years so he should have known like zoinks dude like zoinks like dude. zoinks dude which can, Ugh. I, Ugh. can i get a zoinks 
in the chat, please. Zoinks! <laughs> Zoinks! Zoinks! So they split up, and Kathy gets attacked by uh, this thing called the Jackal. When Scraggy realizes the Jackal is out of its cage, he calls it, and I quote, the Charles Manson of ghosts. So that brings us to ghost number four, Charles Manson of ghosts, the Jackal! Jackal? The Jackal? It's a Jackal. It feels weird to say it like that when it's called the Charles Manson of ghosts. Yeah. Uh... Born to a prostitute at some point in the year 1887... Ryan Coon began to uh, develop a sick, insatiable, uncontrollable taste for women. As a result, he became a wild and cunning sexual predator, attacking, raping, and murdering strays and prostitutes in the dead of night like a wild animal. Seeking treatment, Ryan committed himself to a Borenwood asylum, where he eventually went insane. He scratched at his cell's walls so violently that his fingernails were torn completely off, making his hands claws. When Ryan attacked a nurse, the doctors put him in a straitjacket and tightened it whenever he acted out, contorting his limbs horribly. However, Ryan has gnawed through it, so the doctors locked Ryan's head in a cage-type helmet and locked him in a dark basement cell where he grew to hate any human contact and would cower and scream madly when approached. When a fire broke out at the asylum, everyone else escaped, but Ryan chose to stay behind and meet his deserved fate. And died in the fire. Wow. I feel like that's the only tone to read that one in because it's really depressing. Thanks, Aubrey. Now, anyway, back to the news. Okay, hey, hey, uh, lightning round, Aubrey, lightning round. We got a few more ghosts to get through, don't we? Okay. All right. Eventually, uh, after the jackal has attacked uh, Kathy, Arthur runs into Kalina, and Kalina helps him fight her off. Kalina is Miss Honey from Matilda, if you've ever seen that. And Kalina's one of them ghost PETA people. The one we saw in the first scene, even. Whoa! Why is she here? That's weird! Oh, she lied. She helps fight off... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, She helps fight off the jackal with a flare. And they end up going back to the library, as is protected and never shifts. Uh, which is where the lawyer was having him sign the thing. So we go back there. Dennis falls behind, though, and is faced with the hammer, which we got the hammer. George McCarley. He was an honest, hardworking blacksmith until a man named Nathan wrongfully accused George of theft and threatened to banish him from the town they live in. Knowing he was innocent, George stood up to Nathan and refused to move, causing Nathan and his gang to one day beat George's wife and children to death, which is fucked up. Enraged, George tracked down Nathan and his friends and brutally beat him to death with a sledgehammer. The town discovered what George had done, and they dragged him back to his shop where they tied him to a tree and drove railroad spikes into his body with his own sledgehammer, slowly killing him. As a finishing touch, they cut off George's hand and fixed George's sledgehammer in its place. Because they just were really that fucked. Yeah, kind of fucked up. Um, but as Scraggy makes eye contact with the hammer, he sees a That's So Raven-style vision of his death in which the jackal and the hammer double-team him and kill him. And he's like, I don't like that. And he sees it after he flipped him off, so he's like, oh, fuck, did I fuck up? But they all get up to the library, and they start talking about what the hell's going on with all these ghosts? And Maggie walks him through what all of the ghosts are. And we have done 
a good portion of them. Um, we've got well, wait, because I've got them in order here. We've got the firstborn son, which is basically a child ghost in a little adorable Native American outfit, and he was shot in the head by a friend. His with friend an was arrow. a steel tip bow. Yeah, with an arrow. Um, was this friend like a child. grown man? No, his friend was a kid. It was a kid. Okay. Second is the torso. Third bound woman. Fourth is the withered lover, and the withered lover is Jean Criticos, Arthur's wife. Dun, 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 dun. He, died. he died in a fire. Yeah, which is why the whole family was so depressed at the beginning of the movie. Yes. And, but and now the, she's here. Ghost mom. Which means Arthur's uncle took his wife's ghost, and that's kind of fucked up, but we'll move on. I kind of read into this, it as he... Oh, I didn't think he caused it. Well, here I think it was coincidental, and then Arthur realized some other things. But we'll get to that because I don't want to use evidence from the end. So fifth is the Torn Prince. The Torn Prince is Royce Clayton. Royce Clayton was an all-American football star and was challenged to a drag race in the 1950s by another fellow bad boy. And little did he know that bad boy cut his tire brakes. And his body was like half destroyed by road burn, and he died. Can I just mention my uh, one of my favorites? Oh uh, um, yes, it's our little baby boy. Oh wait, wait, I'll, okay, wait, wait, John, I'll let you do him. He's he's after the pilgrimess. So seven, angry princess. We already did her. Eight, the pilgrimess. The pilgrimess is Isabella Smith, and Isabella Smith is <laughs> honestly a classic Salem witch trial story. So I really don't feel like I need to give much there and then nine and ten are the great child and the dire mother you want to take that yes john yeah. if you would like yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to describe I'm the horrible visage that is it'll basically tell you the dire mother's story as well the great child and the dire mother are super intertwined yeah harold shelburne also known as the great child the great child is the eighth ghost Featured in the Black Zodiac. And the Dire Mother is number nine. Born to Margaret Shelburne as a result of rape by a circus freak, Harold was raised in the carnival as an attraction and his mother's protector. Because Margaret never stopped spoiling him, he not only weighed 136 kilograms by his later years, but somehow retained his childlike mindset his entire life to the point that he never grew out of diapers. Because of this, Harold and Margaret were taunted and teased at every turn. One day, some circus workers kidnapped Margaret as a cruel joke on Harold. In a rage-fueled search for his mother, Harold ransacked most of the carnival. But when he found her, she had already suffocated in the bag the workers had kept her in. Enraged, Harold killed the circus workers responsible for Margaret's manslaughter with an axe, as well as a lot of the other freaks. I would also like to note that Margaret was a dwarf. She was super tiny and her son was super big. He would have probably been about 300 to 350 pounds. But yeah, so it really wouldn't have been that hard to kill her. Kind of a American Horror Story freak show situation there. Yes. Definitely. Very sad. They're, they're honestly, the, those two are kind of the ones that really I feel for. I feel for them. Yeah. Uh, ghost number 10 is the hammer, 11 is the jackal, and 12 is the juggernaut. The juggernaut was the ghost we saw in the first scene, 
And his name is Horace Mahoney. I think Horace Mahoney worked in the junkyard and killed eight people during his life and then tripled that in death. And that's really all you need to say about that. Which we did kind of say, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he, he the, the scary dangerous one. The most scary dangerous one. All right. Ghost Pita Miss Honey, Kalina, has explained that this is not a house, but it is a complex machine that Cyrus built, designed and possessed... Uh, designed by a possessed 15th century astronomer to open the Oculus Infernum, a.k.a. Eye of Hell. It is a machine, quote, created by the devil and powered by the dead. And once this demonic device opens the eye, the eye would allow the user to see everything in the past, future, heaven and earth, the blessed and the damned, end quote. So, was it to, like, see your future? Because that just sounds like a really, like, a lot of effort for a really, really bad no, thing. No, you can no, see no, the no, past, no. You can see the past and the future, heaven and earth, the the blessed and the damned. Like, it gives you basically unlimited power is the point. You become a seer. You become, like, a seer. Someone who can see the future. Someone. You become that so raven. You become raven. Bam, 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 bam. Um, so the, <laughs> but basically, okay. uh, wait, are, we gotta we gotta speed through some more of this. No, 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 no. Basically, it's omniscience. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. After all this, Arthur has realized his wife is a fourth ghost, and he's you know disturbed and horrified that that's there. And then Kalina says, "Hey, guess what." The 13th Ghost? You know, because this movie's called 13 Fucking Ghosts. What? Gasp. It's supposed to be you, bud. And Arthur says, excuse me? And she says, yeah, you're going to be ghost number 13, the Broken Heart. The Broken Heart is supposed to be uh, someone who makes an immense sacrifice out of deep heartbreak and deep love, basically. And that is essentially why Cyrus gifted his nephew this house. Because he wanted him to sacrifice his soul for the machine. So then, speaking of Osiris, is this the moment when it happens? Oh, wait! Because that, I hardly have anything else written down in my notes. Oh, I think this is... So she she says, like, hey, your kids are in danger because they don't have Kathy or Bobby at this point. So you got to be the 13th ghost to, like, make sure your kids don't get hurt. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. At this point, Matthew Lillard and Tony Shalhoub leave the library. Yeah. Um, Arthur and... and Dennis are going down back, back down to the basement to look for the kids. And they are using a glass panel of one of the walls as a shield. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty ingenious. But also, one thing that I thought about all that doesn't that completely nullify the protection on a on the library? No, 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 no. The protection of the library is the library is the only room that doesn't change, like with the mechanisms, or like okay. it won't ever be shut off or opened. It's always as it is. But they took a panel from the. Yeah, but that's fine. Um, and that leaves Miss Peta. Maggie Bell. No, no, no. Um, Ghost Peta, yeah. Miss Honey. It leaves Ghost Peta, Miss Honey, and Maggie. Maggie. 
uh, it leaves them alone in there. And that's yeah. when all of a sudden you see Cyrus come in out of nowhere and Maggie screams because she's wearing the ghost, the uh, glasses. The yeah. And uh, she decides to uh, scream and then ghost Peter Miss Honey decides to make the heel turn of a fucking century. Knock the bitch Maggie out. Just, just, just knocks her out cold and uh, proceeds to fucking just deep throat Cyrus with her tongue. And something that, quite frankly, I didn't see coming. Yeah, it turns out she's been Cyrus's secret partner and lover. Also, Cyrus is still alive. And while this is going, yeah, 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 Cyrus is still alive. Um, and he's got the whole throat slit thing and everything. That isn't. Yeah, he still has it. So, like, I guess he's just really still into wearing his death costume in case anybody sees him. So they'll think he's dead. And like, I get it. That's a good cover. Meanwhile, Arthur and Dennis come across the torn prince and the hammer, and ends up getting locked in a room with the torn prince. Uh, the torn prince manages to barely miss Dennis every time due to Arthur telling him when to duck. And then eventually he gets out of that room and then he faces the hammer and the juggernaut at the same time and faces his death. Like he saw earlier, like exactly like it. And it's so depressing to watch him die because he's so hot. And, and uh, so just, helpful because he's the only person that can, you know, connect with the ghosts. I just want to say fucking solid kill. Solid kill, fucking though. Yeah, solid, solid kill. Solid kill. Because um, we get the we get a hammer, like some hammer attacks and then Juggernaut does his classic back break. Breaks his back like a fucking toothpick. Just yeah. bam. Oh, no, no, he does the glow stick again. Yeah. Yeah. After uh after that the ghost the, the the hammer and the the juggernaut leave Arthur because Arthur's trapped behind a pane pane of the glass and then Jean's ghost visits him. Meanwhile, uh Kalina and Cyrus who's alive are playing some kind of Latin chant throughout the building and they're going to call all the ghosts to the center and before they decide to go upstairs, Cyrus crushes Lena between two walls of the house like a fucking ass because he will share his power with no one. Bro, Cyrus is a fucking savage. It was so wild betrayal. Arthur, it, it really was a wild betrayal, but also, come on, that dude, do you think he was going to share share his power with anyone? Or like, Bro, he, oh, he'll turn the only other person that he'll turn to that movie. And now we get to the end. Arthur gets upstairs. He sees Cyrus's ghost, realizes Cyrus is still alive, sees his kids surrounded by weird, crazy, circular, sharp metal and crazy fucking ghosts with Latin chanting. Yeah, and, and they're all holding Maggie. Hands. Maggie has awoken from her getting clocked and starts DJ heroing the uh, Latin recording that's the only thing i can think of like she just going crazy on them turntables and the ghosts break out of their trance and kill cyrus arthur saves his kids and the ghosts end up walking free he does a game of a peaceful looking notes. wait we'll get to your hen we'll get to yours in a second we'll get you to can... my stuff that you've already passed you can cut it up 
It's not like, like relevant or funny to bring up after the fact, though. No, but I'm saying you can cut it up. Like, and stick your stuff in between. A super peaceful-looking Jean uh, lingers nearby and says goodbye to her family and then departs with the other ghosts. The film ends with Maggie the babysitter walking through the wreckage of the home, yelling that she did not agree to this when she came to work for them, and she will be quitting. <laughs> no, no, no. She's getting a raise or she's quitting. No, what I'm saying is any more additions to like what I said about the end is like... Are there details I miss? Because I'm just trying to get a... I'm so lost. <laughs> None of that made sense to me. The actual plot description and your notes do not match. Can't I... confirm to watch the same movie. I cannot <laughs> confirm. Even though I streamed it to you. Oh, listen, I, I, <laughs> all I can say is that the notes got a lot more sparse in the second half of the movie. Because it went from Shraggy Soul, the wife ghost, to the 13th ghost, to the torso's name was Jimmy Gambino, to <laughs> Cyrus getting chopped up like a helicopter blade inside of the spinny thing, and then oh, yeah. you not mentioning afterwards when the dad doing a gamer jump to save his kids. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a big gamer jump. Like he Epic played Frogger to the extreme in real life. Moment. Which Frogger doesn't make any IRL. sense because right after hashtag he, parkour. Which right after he like he did the jump, everything broke, and then it was just safe. I don't know why he did the jump before everything broke. I don't understand. Yeah, there was really no point to the gamer jump, but he did it. So there's that. Yeah. It happened. I mean, we were he there. did it, so we were there, and it happened, and I mean, everyone seemed to be proud of him, so I guess we can be happy about that. Yeah, this movie was a fucking trip. I didn't expect some, like, Avengers-ass deep lore for 13, oh, yeah. like, like, 12 different separate villain characters. Like, that's... I used the 13ghost.fandom.com for most of our summarizations and just general knowledge as we went along because fandom.com is a great place to get all that info for movies and anime and video games and all kinds of stuff like that. We are not sponsored. I just, that that's just where I got the info. Just plug out the homes, you know? <laughs> no, but do I use them on a like weekly basis? Absolutely, I do. Is I chose them more than Wikipedia. Uh, not a daily basis, but a weekly basis for sure. Uh, probably because of the very specific jobs of the enlisting. Yeah, and I play a lot of games where I'm just like, I want to know more about the lore, and I love backstories. And it's like the the weird ghost zodiac, uh, the black zodiac is what it's called in this movie, is so just intriguing to me because each one of them had a backstory. They were all made with practical effects, which is yeah. incredible, and I highly recommend you seek out any behind-the-scenes videos you can find from this movie, because they do show, like, some talks with the makeup artists, and then putting, like, the the fat guy in his gigantic fat suit, as well as how they did the suit for, like, the angry princess, because, like, the, I'm pretty sure those boobs are, like, 100% fake. Like, I mean, considering oh yeah. that one of the nipples is, like, completely cut in half, I would assume so. Well, yeah, but you can do that with, like, 
fake nipples on both tits. But okay. anyways, it's just I'm impressed. I'm I'm a person that loves special oh, effects yeah, yeah. makeup. Practical um, effects are where it's at. I'm always practical effects um, over like CG and computer generated. Um, you guys know Cabin in the Woods, right? Uh, yes, they do. Like ninety percent, like ninety to ninety-five percent of the effects in that movie are practical. How? How? Like how? With a big fucking budget. That's true. Oh, they did nice. have a big budget. It's that funny because sense. practical effects are like usually only used in low budget or high budget. It's yeah. It's there's no in between. Um, but yeah, practical effects are god. And if you're making a horror movie, always go practical effects where you can. Where you can. If you if can't, it I understand. Logistically, make any sense whatsoever. Go yeah. With the CGI, but like, try to minimize that as much as you can because. Like if all honestly, of a sudden you're in space, I get it. You're gonna need some CG. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Kubrick did a pretty good job with the moon landing. God damn it. Can we end it there? Because I like that. Uh, yeah, that's fine.